0: I got a lot of information, and I want to make sure you get that information, amen? All right, from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, I'm talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. I know you may sound like, well, Pastor, you have been talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm getting there. I want to make sure that you understand. I'm giving you a whole lot of work before you get to where I really want you to be. All right, so let's go to the message for today, 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter number four. I'm going to give you some keys today. I've been giving them to you, but I'm going to give you another key today. If you keep those things which I give you, you can understand the word of God. It's not enough just to give you wisdom and not enough to give you knowledge. I must give you the third thing is understanding. All right, now 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We're going to be looking at the first seven verses, and then we're going to get into today's message. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at the first seven verses. I'm going to key on verse 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse number 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man conscious in the sight of God. But if our gospel be here, this is when we get into it, but if our gospel be here, it is here to them, that are lost and whom the God little g-o-d of this world which was Satan has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them so we're gonna we're gonna use that verse verse number four first Corinthians chapter uh second Corinthians chapter number four And verse 1 through 4, I'm going to continue reading, but I want to to give you my subject what I'm doing. In that verse, 4, it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, told you the gospel of Christ, is the image of God. So I'm going to teach you on that today. The gospel of Christ is the image of God. Say that with me. The gospel of Christ Christ. is the image of God. God. Now, you got to understand something. When you say the gospel of Christ is the image of God, I'm going to take you to a lot of information. So stay stay tuned. Now, now remember, the gospel of Christ, who? who, It didn't say, who is the image of God? Talking about Christ. Paul said, this is what we preach. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And then he's going to tell you what happened to him. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath, past him, shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He just called the gospel of Christ the image of God and also he called it the glory of God. And then he says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. So we're going to talk about the gospel of Christ is the image of God. Now, I want you to write down the word image because I got a lot of information. You want to write down the word image because the gospel of Christ is the image. I'm going to give you some other things. And I hope you'll be able to keep up. If not, you're going to have to get a tape today. The word image is representation. So when God says his gospel is the image of God, his gospel is the representation of God. Number two, the gospel of Christ is his likeness. So you use the word image, it means to form a like, to form a likeness. When an image is created, somebody has formed something that's like something or somebody. So the word image, number one, means representation. So if you are... If the gospel of Christ is the image of God, and it is, it's the representation of God. It represents God. Number three, to copy by imagination. The word image means to copy by imagination, so when somebody makes an image. They copied that image with their imagination. When God started off, let's go back to Genesis. Let me show you something. In Genesis chapter 1. So when you hear what God did, you know what God was doing. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1. And God said, verse 26 Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over all cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So when God says he created man, he's talking about Christ. He was the only one created in God's image. Because he was also the first Adam. Now, this was the old creation. And we have to understand on under the old creation, God created Adam to be his Representation. The word image means representation of. So when a person today says to you, I am a new creation in Christ, Christ is the new image. So when they say, or you say, I am a Christian, and you are saying I represent what God is all about. As a matter of fact, when you see me, you will know what God is like. Isn't that something? So the way you live your life, you got to understand you are saying to other folk, this is what God's like. God created me in his own image, in his own likeness. We are a new creation in Christ. We are his likeness. We are his representation in the earth. So always remember that, who you represented. It's not about you. It's who you are representing. All right, so what I want to do today, I want to keep that in mind. Now, what I want to do is I want to go to something I said uh, last week. Uh, let's go to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 24. We want to look at two verses, and that's verse 37 and 38. The Gospel of St. Matthews. Chapter 27. We want to look at verse 37, 38. Because the Bible just told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this world. And the first thing we do is we think about today. Satan is not the God of this age. So you want to put down the word world. I'm giving you three definitions. To say he is the God of this world is to say he is the God of this dispensation. When the Bible says Satan is the God of this world, he is the God of this age. And the reason he became the God of that age it's because Adam lost it in the garden when Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Satan became the God of that age. And that's why he gave the power he had, he could give the power to whosoever he will. So he gave power to Nebuchadnezzar, to all the kings. you saw that in, in the word. So he, he gave power. He, won't, he offered Christ that same power. That's what the temptation was about in Matthew 4 and Luke, Luke chapter 4. He says, all this power I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So he, he wanted him to be, he wanted to be worshipped. But remember, he, was, he is not the God of this age. I want to make sure if you don't get nothing else because people give the devil too much credit so when the Bible says 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4 the God of this world Paul is preaching and he's telling you that's why I want to give you these two verses uh, Matthew chapter number 24 the gospel of Matthew chapter 24 we will look at verse 37 and verse number 38. Two verses. And verse 37 says, But as the days of Noah, now Jesus is telling the people when he was going to come. But as the days of Noah were past him, so shall the coming of his son and man be. And then he's going to give him another verse I wanted you to hold on to. Verse 38. For as in the, the days that were before the flood. I gave you two verses. I say first, it's the days of Noah. Second, I say it's before the flood. Say that with me. Say first, the days of Noah. Second, the days before the flood. All right. The flood represent the tribulation. Now, let me go and show you what Jesus taught that. Now, you got to get these things. I can't, I can't. You got to get these things I'm giving you. Matthew 24, 24, 37 and 38. I gave you those two verses. You got to write these things down because this is going to show do you understand. First of all, I'm giving you when it happened. I gave you 2 Corinthians 4.4, the Goddess World. I'm showing you that he's talking about before Christ came back. See, if people don't believe Christ came back, Satan's still the Goddess world. The Goddess world, the definition of the word world, I gave you two definitions of the word world. I gave you age and dispensation. All right. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians first before I go anywhere else. No, let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans first. Because I want to just show you that before I I get into this thing. The book of Romans, chapter number 6. And verse 14. So you have to understand that Israel was under the law. This is why so many people do not understand the word. They have no business preaching this. They bring confusion. The book of Revelation was about Israel and the curses of the law. So when you start the book of Revelation, it is saying what happened to all the people of Israel that was not of the 144,000 They, the curses came on them or the tribulation came on them. Now I want you to write down a verse, Deuteronomy 4.30. And we're going to read that out of the NALT when I get there. You'll keep in my notes for me. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 is where we are now. I'm showing you where you are. See, the only way you can believe a lie, you got to be listening to somebody else teaching. Because I don't teach you the Old Testament. I teach you the New Covenant, and you have to know the Old Covenant so you can teach the New Covenant. The New Covenant came out of the Old Covenant without the curses. Romans 6.14 told you where you are. Sin shall not have dominion over you, Why? You are not under the law. You are under grace. So God told you, you are under the dispensation of grace. That's not enough. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And verse 1. See, you got to know what dispensation you are under. You are not under the dispensation of a law. Satan is not the God of this world. Next thing you want to put down is the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. You want to look at... I'm going to do three when I get there. I might as well give you that too. The book of Hebrews... Chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. Hebrew chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. We're going to specialize in verse 5. I just want to show you, he's not the God of this world. All right, so we, we got to get that straight first. All right, so you want to go to Ephesians chapter 3. First, I'm showing you what dispensation you're in. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. We ought to be ready now. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, what dispensation are you under? Praise. Everybody. Praise. Right. You are under the dispensation of the grace of God. A dispensation means what God is doing at this time. So you cannot say Satan is a God of this world, not at this time. But you can go back before the law and show he's the God of the world. You can show in the Old Testament, because he got that one Adam. You got to understand something Adam got kicked out of the garden, not the devil. The serpent was still in the garden when Adam left. See, this is why God said in the Old Covenant, Thou shalt make no images and idols. Why does he hate that? Because it's a poor representation of God. Ain't that right? You cannot misrepresent God and get away with it. So you be very careful when you say you're a believer and you live like the world. You are misrepresenting the very God you say you belong to. It's not good for you. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 2. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, Paul said, for you it How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I wrote a few words whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, that word ages means dispensation. You may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not, was not known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit, because they did not have the Holy Spirit in the Old Covenant. The Holy Spirit dealt with specific persons for specific things. Verse number six says, That the Gentiles, number one, should be fellow heirs, number two, of the same body, and number three, partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. The gospel of Christ. All right. Now, you want to put that down. Now, I'm going to give you two more things to write down. Like I said, you're going to have to get a tape of data if, if you can't keep up. Romans 1.16. You've always heard me talk about the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Christ, and that's true, but I'm giving you two things to go with that. Christ's word today, the gospel of Christ today is the image of God. Say the gospel of Christ is the image of God. God. Now, that's what I'm giving you today. I'm also giving you Romans one sixteen. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. So you got to know your word. You got to know what you're dealing with. So when people don't want the word, you see why they don't change. Why they remain the same. You can't afford to go sit up in a church, take out hours of your life and never change. You can't blame the man. He doesn't have it. He doesn't know it. If you want to be a third grade student, you need a third grade teacher. But if you're planning on going to college, you're gonna need a professor. Now, a third grade teacher is not a bad teacher. Her heart is to minister to third grade children. God gave her the heart, the knowledge, the wisdom. It doesn't mean she can't come over here and change courses and come over here, but God got to do something to help her to get to minister to the college students. But when you want to know the dispensation of grace, you're going to have to find somebody else who can teach you. So when I stand in this office, I teach the college professor. I teach the doctors. You got to understand who you are. You got to know the word. You got to study the word. Because all people want to hear from God. And are you the person who knows the word? If you go to a doctor, you don't want him to tell you he doesn't know medicine. i gave you the gospel is the power of god on the salvation so the gospel of christ is the power of god on the salvation god told you you can't be saved without the gospel of christ being preached because the gospel of christ is the power of god romans one sixteen. then he told you that the gospel of christ is the image of God, 2 Corinthians four. 4. These things you need to write down and put them on something in your houses, in your car, like Paul said. I'm giving you some stuff today for your life. And then number three, the gospel of Christ. These things are going to change your life. It's the power of God. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. Christ is the wisdom of God. If you hold on to these keys you will never lack things in the spirit realm again. Christ is the power of God. Romans one sixteen. Christ is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. And also will tell you in that same verse, Christ is the power of God. But now I'm teaching on Christ as the very image of God. And the word image has to do with representation. So you will never be like God if you don't sit under somebody who can preach to you the gospel of Christ. You can only be like your Father. So If I preach all this stuff, but never preach to you Christ, you will never change. You will never be like Christ. You will be, religion, you will be full of religion, traditional men. You'll have a lot of fun when you go to church. You'll be slapping somebody and giving them a high five and everything else. But you will never change. Unless you sit on somebody who can teach you the gospel of Christ. Let's go to work. Thank you, Lord. So I gave you Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, 38. You gotta have in your mind mentally the time that Jesus is menacing. Jesus came before the flood. We're going to Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus came before the flood. The word flood means tribulation. Jesus came before the tribulation. The book of Revelation gives you the tribulation and what happened during the tribulation. The book of Revelation is what happened to Israel during the tribulation. The tribulation was never given to you. You are under the dispensation of grace. The word reconciliation is something you should have in the beginning of your Bible. On one of them clear pages, reconciliation means God puts you back in grace. See, all this stuff I'm giving you, may not even think, but if you got it in your spirit, you'll know you cannot be nowhere. Else. God, the word, even the word reconciliation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing your trespasses. God puts you back under the dispensation of grace. God put us back into the favor of God. If he puts you back into favor, into the grace of God, this is where Adam was before he ate of the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. He was in the favor of God. Let's do something with what we got. Let's start out with Romans seven twenty four, shall we? The gospel, not Romans, Matthew 7, 24. So when Jesus taught, Jesus taught in parables, now, you got my note. You ought to know next where I'm going. Just start at the top and say, this is where you're at now, Pastor, and one, boom, 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 boom. Let's, let's finish eating that up right quick. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Jesus is teaching. He's teaching the church that's following him, which was disciples. These men were represented Israel, not the church, the body of Christ. They represent Israel, that's why they were 12 men. 12 disciples represented 12 nations. In the Old Testament, Moses had 12. He chose 12 to follow him, which represent 12 nations. Everybody didn't, didn't have the chance to be with God. 12 men were with God, and they had to go back and tell their nations what God said. God didn't speak to everybody, spoke to 12 men. 12 men went across, you want to write this down, the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 23, 24, right in there. God sent, when I do the book of Hebrew, you want to put this right beside the book of Hebrew, chapter 6. I gave you that, Hebrews 6, 1 through 7, remember? 1 through 6. You want to put something right beside that, number 23, and. Uh, number 13 23 and 24 put that right beside it because you're going to find out why did God allow Israel to go into the promised land and only bring back a sample Matthew 7:24 Therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house up on a rock now he's telling you about Noah, because Noah built his house up on what God said. He lived his life based on what God says. And the man and the rain, three things happen. These things represent tribulation. They represent the tribulation period. They may be trials, they may be afflictions, it may be persecutions. So if you take a note, I gave them to you. Did you not hear me? Trials, afflictions, and persecutions. So those are the things that happened to the children of Israel during the days of the Apostle Paul. Jesus had died already back in A.D. 30. Jesus was born in B.C. 3. Jesus died in A.D. 30. Made him 33 and a half years old. We are now in AD 60s. We are 30 years ago, Jesus died. That's what you got to see. And we're waiting for him to return because 40 years is almost over. How do I know Jesus came back in AD 70? Because I know when they left, Jesus became a priest when he was 30. Jesus entered his ministry when he was 30. Now, I just happened to enter my ministry when I was 30, but I'm not Jesus. And I've been in ministry now 43 years. That makes me 73. But I'm keep counting. Jesus entered his ministry when he was 30. 40 years later, 70 is when the tribulation period came. It's when Jesus returned. Because it had to be because at 70 years later they would enter into grace. The promised land was the grace life. My wife used that in her message. I'm going to keep that going. So when Israel got out of slavery because they killed the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost. And 40 years later, they will cross it into the grace life. How many can see what I'm saying? You call the promised land. It's where all the promises were fulfilled. And yet today, even today, you will hear people say, God keeps his promises. You listen to somebody else. All the promises of God in Christ is already. Amen. Yes. Amen. And you still saying, well, you know, when God does something, he says, well, you know, God always keeps his promise. See, you listen to false teachers. This book is finished. Everything God said in old covenant, he has fulfilled, he has finished. See, people waiting for God to do something. God waiting on you to believe something. He's already sat down. Matthew chapter 7. The rain descended, in verse 25. The flood came. The wind blew, beat up on that house, and that house fell. That house fell not, he says, because it was founded upon a rock. So the house that was founded upon a rock had the same thing happen to it, then the second house. Everyone that healed these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house. Both built their houses. One built his house upon a rock. One built his house upon the sand. The word sand mean Adam. He's a sandbag. Rain descended. Both the rain descended. Floods came. Wind blew. Beat up on That house That house fell. And the Bible says, great was the fall of it. See, we can teach that, but he's telling them as a prophet what happened in the days of Noah. It was before the flood. They were eating, they were drinking, they were building houses, they were married and giving in marriage until the flood came and took them all away. He was the son of man because he was the fulfillment of Ezekiel. Ezekiel talks about him being the Son of Man from Ezekiel chapter 1 until Ezekiel chapter 47. Every chapter is about Son of Man, Son of Man, Son of Man. So when Jesus came, he came to them as the Son of Man, not the Son of God. And if he's the Son of Man, he cannot be in the New Testament. In the New Covenant, he's Son of God. Old Testament he's son of man and yet people are debating Jesus coming Jesus told them this you shall see the son of man son of man this is not the dispensation of the son of man you in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit Jesus has changed the Bible told you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, we know no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ, so anytime I say something, if you all back there can find it, just put it on the screen. Thank you. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 said, we know no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know we him no more. What happened? He destroyed flesh at the cross. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are in a new dispensation. In the Old Testament, it was the day, it was the night. It was darkness. That's why Christ came at the darkest time of of the Old Covenant. I am the light of the world. That's why he came to them. If you stay in darkness, you're going to die. But I come to take you to the new life. I come to take you to the grace life. See, he was fulfilling the Old Testament people like Moses and Joshua. They couldn't get into the promised land except they had a Joshua. They couldn't get out of Egypt except they had a Moses. So Jesus let them know, I brought you out of Egypt. I'm taking you into the promised land if you'll just follow me. As a matter of fact, the promised land had everything that they needed. Houses that didn't build. They had gardens that they didn't plant. They had trees that they did not plant. Already had fruit on them. Everything was ready and prepared. It was type of the kingdom of God itself. Jesus says in John chapter number three, in John eight and twenty-three, John three thirty-one, John eight twenty-three. I am come from above; you are from beneath. Otherwise, I'm from the promised land. I'm from the grace land. You are from the you from the wilderness. But I come to bring you a sample of what we have in the grace land. I am the very power of God from the grace land. I am the wisdom of God from the grace land. Because we have fruit that you can carry on your shoulder. We have pomegranates. We got figs. We got everything you need. We got honey. We got milk. Everything you need is in the grace land. I'm a sample. I am the express image of the Godhead bodily. I am the fruit of the vine that you took in Numbers chapter 13 and you didn't believe that everything else was like that. So you have to see when Christ came to man, he was a sample An example of what God has already in the grace land. I'm from heaven above. You are from beneath. I am all you need. So all the people that came to Jesus, the devil was sending them. Oh, he here bragging about he is the light of the world. Let's throw some darkness at him. He's talking about I am, I am, I am. They threw some people at him get over there. Them devils came over there and people ah, He said come out of him you devils. And they said oh Jesus. They throw somebody at him that was blind. Jesus said open your eyes and see. Go watch. Everybody. Oh we, you, we got somebody for you Jesus. We got somebody for you. Lazarus is dead. Jesus I'm glad for your sake. Because I want you to know that he sent me. See, so you're sending me all these people, everybody you sending me, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to heal that body. I'm going to open their eyes. I'm going to heal their legs, their fingers, their everything wrong with them. Because I want you to know I am that I am. See, he's the one that sent from the grace land. He's giving them a sample of what the land is all about. That's what you're supposed to be able to see. If one man came from the grace land, he's the fruit of that land. He's the grapes of that land. He's the pomegranate of that land. He's the figs. He's everything. He's the house. He's everything that land promised you. And God showed it to you in one man. Don't you want to go? Don't it make you feel like I want to go to that land? That's why this earth is not your home. Amen. I has not seen. That's what Paul told me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. What? Then he stopped right there in verse 10 and said, but God. What? But God has revealed them unto you, sister Acy. God has revealed them unto us by his son. He revealed them unto us by his word. He revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. For the Holy Ghost searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What is the Holy Ghost doing? He's showing you everything he got. Jesus is just a sample. That's why when you receive Christ, you receive the down payment on everything God got. You don't have everything God got. You just got a down payment. You just got what it's all about. You, you just got just what it's like. What it's like to be in heaven. Listen, you just got one thing. God got so much for you. Look at somebody and say, God got so much. No natural man has ever seen it. That's what it means, eyes hadn't seen. All right, now I gave you some things we're going to go to. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. See, the Bible told you everything you need to know. You just got to find a man who knows the word. You can't, I don't, I'm not putting down you because you're a third grade teacher or fourth grade teacher, first grade. Somebody had to teach. I can remember my first, second, third grade teachers now and I'm talking about that many years ago. My fourth grade teacher was Miss Gardner. Third grade was Ms. O'Neill. I didn't start knowing nothing. Because I was born on my hand and my face. So everything was wrapped up until I was six or seven years old when I started school. But when I graduated, I was the president (laughs) of the student counseling college. I was the top boy in my senior class. I don't give myself a pat on the back, but God had already ordained this thing. To teach this book, you got to have the Holy Ghost. Deuteronomy chapter 4. That's why I keep telling you stop listening to all these folk. There's no tribulation for you. Jesus has already come. People who lied. Trying to get it, don't want you to know because you won't buy their books. You won't go to their semin- uh, seminaries. You got to know what's going on. This is the biggest lie that's ever been told. Let me say it again. One of the biggest lies, I think, it probably is the biggest lie that ever been told in the church is that Jesus is coming. In the day when Paul preached the book of Thessalonians, is why did he write two books? Because the people had believed the lie. So he had to write another book. Jesus wasn't coming to AD 70. Paul was still there. But they were in tribulation. The book of Revelation told you that, chapter 1. John, let's, let's look at that right now while we're on the street. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1. And I want to show you what John says. See, tribulation in your future. I'm going to show you that in the Word. See, you can see all the stuff that's going on now it reminds me of how they threw everything at Jesus to see was he really the Christ. Let me say it again. They threw everything at Jesus to see was he the Christ. So if you're not who you're supposed to be, you're going to fail. You're going to flunk. Because you've been shandine and tell everybody else who you are and everything else. Now all of a sudden that situation will come up. Let's see, can you handle that? That's why you got to listen. That's why I keep telling you, get this word in you because you're going to need it. Yeah. All right. Revelation chapter 1, I'm reading out the King James verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants, things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified by an angel to a servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. He's telling you what he saw. He's not guessing. Blessed he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. The time is near. John to the seven churches, which are in Asia. Now, you can Google it's your television. Go on to the seven churches of the book of Revelation and watch it on television. Don't watch it there while I'm preaching, okay? <laughs> but, but watch it on television. The seven churches of Revelation, that's what they call. Take time sometime. They will show you different people have gone over there. They have made videos of every church in the book of Revelation, and they'll show you the ruins. They'll show you the ruins and the idols and idolatry and all the statues and stuff that they had built. And yet they'll tell you it's in your future. Now, all this information has come out now, and the big lie is being revealed. See, that's one thing about the wicked. What he's done in the darkness will come to the light. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4 says, And to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. Three dimensions. Which is, which was, which is to come. And to the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten from the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, past him. And to him that loved us and washed us, past him, from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Every eye shall see him and they also which pierce him. So the man that pierced him which was a Roman soldier had to be still alive. Jesus just says the one that pierced him will see. I am after now I'm finished That verse 7. Behold, he come with clouds, every eye shall see him, and they also will pierce him, and shall, and all, I'm sorry, all kindred, the word kindred means tribes, the word earth means Israel, all tribes of Israel shall wear well because of him. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, maker, and the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, is where I'm wanted to get to, who am your brother and companion in tribulation. John was put on an island of Patmos because he was taken from the seven churches which he were over. John was over the seven churches They put him on the island of Patmos. He was in tribulation. That is why Paul had to raise up ministers to send to these churches. He sent Timothy to Ephesus. John was over these churches. Now they didn't have anybody over them. They had to lead Titus in Crete. Every place he had to place somebody because John was over these churches but John was on the island of Patmos. He told you why he was there. Verse 9, I, John, who am your brother and companion in tribulation, in the kingdom and patient of Jesus Christ, I was, I was in the eye that's called Patmos uh, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why he was there. Because he was preaching Christ to those churches. And they took him and isolated him on an island. Go preach out there, your God. And while he was there, God began to reveal to him everything that was going on in the churches. So when you hear these churches, you got to hear what John saw. John saw Jesus in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. But what did he see him at? He saw him visiting the churches. In the latter part of this same chapter, he's going to say, I know your works, because he was there. He was there visiting them. He was walking through their churches. Just like Ezekiel told you when you read the book of Ezekiel, Son of Man, chapter number 8, what do you see? I see a hole in the wall. Well, go in there, Son of Man, and see what they do here. So Jesus has risen from the dead came back to visit his churches and every time he went to one he saw what they were doing they were worshiping idols they were worshiping other gods that's what this book is about deuteronomy chapter 4 in verse 30 this about israel god already told israel what's going to happen to them during tribulation Deuteronomy 4.30. Are you there? When thou art in tribulation. Who is speaking? Moses. Who are you talking to? Israel. When thou art in tribulation, all these things are come upon thee. When did they happen? During the tribulation. That's what the book of Revelation was all about. Even in the latter days. If you turn to the Lord your God, why is he saying if you turn? The word turn means repent. What did Jesus say to every church that he talked to? Repent. To the seven churches, when you read it, repent. They would not repent. Every time the plagues would come against them, they would not repent. The plague were found in Deuteronomy 27. The curses would come upon them because they rejected Christ. Verse 31, For the Lord thy God is merciful. He's, he would not forsake you. He would not destroy you. He would not forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to you. For acts now of the days that are past, which were before thee since the day that God created man upon earth. acts from the one side of heaven to the other whether there has been any such thing If this thing is, or has been heard like it, did ever a people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of fire, as thou hast heard and lived? He's telling Israel, you're the only people who ever heard God speak to you, came down to the mountain, set it on fire, and talked to you, and still you don't believe. Genesis 49 and 1. They were the one who went through tribulation. So you got people telling you, oh yeah, when God gets through, this is how they do it. Well, let me put this on my board. Well, you know, you got us here. Well, you got Christ's death, bear, and resurrection here. And then right here in the middle, you're going to make a circle. This is Grace. This is where we're at now, this power ministry. And then over here, the, the kingdom gonna come. And that's what people are still thinking. The kingdom gonna come. The kingdom can't come. The kingdom has come. During the days of Jesus' ministry, he said to his own disciple, pray thy kingdom come. Pray God will be done in earth as it is in heaven. See, he, he already had them to pray that. Are you telling me that prayer never been answered? The kingdom is come. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, put it on the screen. See, you must know who the kingdom is. You must know where the kingdom is. And you must know how to live in the kingdom. And when you do not know the word, You do do not know how to operate in the kingdom. That's what the knowledge is for. That's what you come here to get. When you go to the school teachers and the doctors and everybody in the natural realm, you get what you need to live in the natural realm. But when you come here, you come here for a higher education so you can learn how to live in the heavenless. My job is to teach you how we do in the heavenly and I did say how we do. Because if I cannot talk to you about heavenly, then I must not understand it. But there's no lack in the heavenly realm. There's no fear in the heavenly realm. There's no danger in the heavenly realm you got angels running over one another trying to take care of you in the heavenly realm you need to walk in the spirit walk in love walk in the lights and there is the three walks if you ever want them walk in the spirit walk in love walk in light if you can learn how to do that you can you can live in the heavenly realm one verse I ask for. hear this, what is it? Who has delivered us? Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and he hath, hath, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I am already in the kingdom of his dear son because I know who the kingdom is. Christ is the kingdom of God. I'm already in the kingdom. That's why I don't worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to put on. My Father knows I have need of all these things. He told me in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all, not some, all these other things shall be added. And if he said they've been added, they've been added. Paul said they've been added. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which hath blessed us with all, not some, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And if you got all spiritual blessings, you dominate over all natural blessings. Ah, oh, get out of here. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. You don't let natural blessings if you have the spiritual blessings. Hallelujah to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15. And you know my time is hurried to go 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I haven't done any damage with you yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. My job is to prepare you for what you're to come against. So don't play around. You might get this word now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, wherein you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Christ has already died, already been buried, already raised from the dead. We are living now in the dispensation of grace. There is not, I want to say this to you, there is not that Jesus is coming for Israel listen that's a lie he has already been to Israel listen ever since Abraham's children and then 2000 years after he sent all the prophets to them he came to them himself and they killed him he is not in that dispensation no more you in the dispensation of the Spirit. Everybody must be saved the same way. Romans chapter one and verse number 16. The gospel of Christ now is the power of God under salvation to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Everybody must be saved the same way and they must believe Christ died for their sins and he was buried and God raised him again from the dead Now you can receive eternal life. You are in that dispensation where we have everlasting life, eternal life. You are in the regeneration. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.